0: The Miami Heat kicked off their preseason in convincing fashion, a 125-99 victory highlighted by Kyle Lowry's debut, and I'll break it all down next. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Armill, the host of Locked on Heat, the longest running podcast covering your Miami Heat. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. And remember that every episode is always free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. So make sure you subscribe and follow to get the best coverage available. After a week of training camp, the Heat got a needed early test going up against division rival Atlanta, a young active team that is fresh off a trip to the Eastern Conference Finals. The questions about this Miami team heading into the preseason are that they are older, undersized, and perhaps... Not particularly deep, but for one night, those questions were answered definitively with a 26-point blowout in which the Heat shot 52% overall and 51% from three-point range, converting 21 to 41 attempts. An important note here, the Heat were also without Jimmy Butler. Jimmy sat out the game for rest. Nothing really wrong with him. He's been practicing regularly with the team. Eric Spolster talked about just wanting to give him rest. I imagine that new Heat superstar Kyle Lowry will probably rest at some point later on. If there are concerns about chemistry or anything like that, those weren't evident. I'll tell you that much. Because the biggest stories of the game, and I'll get into that here in this first segment, the first and foremost is Kyle Lowry. What a transformative player he is. I know it's become kind of a, half joking to point out that Kyle has transformed his team or maybe just become a whole new player after his incredibly successful stint in Toronto. But I do feel like a lot of Heat fans and maybe peripheral fans in general have kind of overlooked how impactful Kyle Lowry has been for most of his career. He is a borderline Hall of Fame player. And while he doesn't put up gaudy numbers, he's not going to show off for a 50 point outing. He's not Steph Curry. He may not even be Chris Paul, but he has an incredible impact on the style of play, the pace of the game. Looking ahead, moving with intention, to quote Eric Spolster, just the way his this is another spoke quote, synapses firing. Kyle always looking ahead, always looking to initiate action whether it's throwing the ball up up court, you know, initiating a fast break a half-court lob, just looking for that next play, pushing the pace, going quickly, but not fast. It didn't ever seem like he was hurried. It was just a matter of moving, again, to echo Spoh's comments with intention. He was always looking ahead, always looking to make the right play, always looking to see if there was somebody else who was in a ready position to catch the ball from the perimeter, to catch the ball at the rim for an easy attempt. Kyle Lowry had such an incredible impact after just one game. Every time he was on the floor. And he didn't play a whole lot of minutes, to be honest with you. He only wound up playing 15 overall minutes in the first half. Finishing with 5 points, 7 assists, and 4 rebounds. A plus 10 in his minutes out there. Immediate connection with Bam and Abayo. Just looking ahead to everything. It's just incredible to have a player like that on the floor. The comparisons were made... I think online and also in the post-game press scrum, they're talking about maybe a, a kind of sort of similar style of play to Tim Hardaway, and that he was just being able to initiate offense. I'm not sure I see it necessarily, although Eric Spolstra did agree that there were some similarities in that style of play. But overall, regardless of the comparison, just seeing Kyle out there, it was it was a style of play I haven't seen from this team. In years, I can't recall at any other point. Maybe, maybe when Jimmy first got to the team in 2019, where we weren't quite sure exactly what to expect from that group. You know, Duncan getting significant minutes, uh, you were gonna have this rookie Tyler Hero out there, Bam was starting things of that sort, and Myers Leonard was out on the floor, very, very different than any other team that we'd seen before. And it worked, of course, because of Jimmy, with Kyle out there. Incredible to see this pace of play. Just the overall style, fantastic rhythm. Never looked like they were out of control, and they were able to get out to a big early lead. Eventually, Kyle came out of the game midway through the first quarter. Atlanta was able to kind of inch their way back, and Tyler Hero wind up taking over. That's the second big story of the game, because as good as Kyle Lowry might have been, Tyler here was just as good, to be honest. 100% honest with you. He led the team, led all scorers with 26 points on 9 of 12 shooting, including 3 of 4 from three-point range. Say it's the added bulk, say it's just a comfortable rhythm, say it's the a statement game, as he indicated it might have been in that post-game press conference. But either way, Tyler looked like a different player, fluid, in control, very, very, very dominant. Just Everything about his style of play, his body confidence, just the way he moved with intention. I hate to sound like I am echoing Eric Spoelstra so completely, but everything he did just seemed like there was a purpose to it. He was smooth. It looked like he was comfortable with his new improved physicality and just never seemed like he was out of control or pushed off his rhythm. He had the ball in his hands. He initiated offense for himself or others. He also chipped in. Four assists while he was out there. Of course, he's always been a good rebounder. He added four rebounds as well to go with his 26 points. But he was looking for a shot, and it was knocking him down with incredible regularity. Just real confident out there. Of course, that was the case. But also very nice to see him kind of prove all the doubters wrong, right? A very difficult year and certainly a difficult offseason for him because I think a lot of people linked his name and trade rumors. And of course, there was some weird 180-degree turn from Heat fans that all of a sudden just didn't believe in Tyler's work ethic or didn't think he was going to be a contributor. Now he goes back out there in a full American... I'm sorry, a full FDX arena with fans. Just incredible excitement and energy to the game. And he once again won the crowd over with a phenomenal offensive performance. But uh, that that is the one of the big stories of the game. But overall, just the dominance of this team. It's a preseason game. Take it for what you will. But I really do think that this is a team that shows incredible potential. Think about the way that they were able to control the pace of the game. If you didn't watch it, if you can't go back and see that first quarter in particular, that second quarter maybe to some degree here, just really key moments where Kyle was looking ahead, pushing the pace, getting everybody in their spots, dictating the, the flow of the offense. Everybody seemed like they were moving... Five on a string without Jimmy Butler. I, I, the starting group, and I had had questions about it the night before, uh, sorry, the previous episode when I talked about P.J. Tucker's addition to the starting lineup. While P.J. wasn't exactly dominant, and he played his role as well as you can expect. 13 overall minutes, six points, two of three from the corner, basically. Two of five overall from the field, including one layup in the middle that I, I, I don't even know what he was thinking. Overall, though... I, You know, you can't disparage what he was able to do just because it seemed like he understood his role. If there was going to be a benefit to having P.J. Tucker on the floor, it was the fact that he is a high IQ player. Now, Eric Spolster keeps talking about it. Bam seems to be echoing that. I think a lot of players uh, and a lot of people around the team just really seem to be leaning into this idea that this is a team that understands basketball that as much as everyone wants to talk about Jimmy Butler being an asshole, Kyle Lowry, you know, flopping for fouls and things of that sort, you get guys like them, you get Tyler Hero, a young player, Bam certainly fits that mold, P.J. Tucker and his veteran experience, and Duncan Robinson, probably somewhat undervalued for his high IQ just because you don't really expect him to be that kind of player, especially this early on in his career. But the reality is that all of those players – very, very intelligent, understanding their role. And it really seemed a, quite apparent, to be honest with you, how much chemistry there was. And while maybe you know there wasn't a lot of practice time or a lot of ability to for this group to gel, there were no concerns. And I remember I had asked Eric Spolster about that in Sunday's practice, and there weren't concerns on his part either. He thought that they would be able to figure it out, and it certainly seemed evident in Monday night's big game there. So we, even without Jimmy Butler, a very, very good victory. For the Miami Heat, they'll be off for the next couple of days uh, when they, I think, face the San Antonio Spurs later on this week. I'm not sure exactly if that's the correct matchup or not, but either way, we're all in preseason form here. Just a great overall game. I I feel like I'm doing this recap a a disservice by just talking about it and and pure X's and O's or anything like that, or just... It was just fun as hell. Kyle Lowry made this team really, really fun. He's pushing the pace, looking ahead. I, I mean... I, I just really, really exciting to see this team play this well. I, I think, you know, just even in the half-court situations for Kyle to be looking around, watching as people are cutting the movement, knowing that there is a he's gifted a passer now, not to knock Kendrick Nunn or Goran Dragic, they weren't necessarily looking for other players. And, and there, was, there just wasn't as much mobility on offense. It became very, very stagnant. And yes, Atlanta, a young team, going through some injury issues themselves. They were without Clint Capella and uh, Kevin Herter, too. So those are big parts of their success. So, you know, take it for what you will. It's kind of, I don't want to necessarily lean into the positivity, but the reality is it looked really, really smooth. And uh, I'm curious and very, very interested to see what happens over the next couple of games and, and whether or not we can start to see Jimmy incorporated into this incredible offense because it was just a real joy to watch. Tyler, at one point, rattling off 13 straight points there. Uh, and Kyle, completely dominant. Bam. Athletic, big, explosive, more powerful than he maybe had seen last year when he was recovering from injury in the long season in the Orlando bubble and everything else. Just a very, very good win for a team. And, and look, fans in South Florida have been clamoring for some success because of the, the football scene down here being somewhat atrocious. And Miami certainly delivered it at least for one night. But you know who else is delivering things on a nightly basis? That's Direct TV. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. That's Direct TV Stream. They bring you your live TV and on demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. And let me tell you about Shopify. If you've never heard about them before, they're giving entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. So upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. They can synchronize their online and in-person sales, effortlessly staying informed. It's more than just a story. You can connect with your customers. It can drive sales. It can manage your day-to-day. And it instantly lets you accept all major payment methods. If you're an entrepreneur or you've got a business and you want to expand it, Shopify is the resource for you. They're tirelessly reinventing tools of growth for over 1.7 million businesses, helping them succeed every day they unlock the opportunities for your businesses to more people every day every 28 seconds an entrepreneur like you makes their fa- first sale on Shopify. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. Go to shopify.com slash locked NBA, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial to get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA right now. That's shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA. Back recapping Miami's 125 to 99 victory over. The Atlanta Hawks, the first win of the preseason, the first game of the preseason, the first appearance of Kyle Lowry in a Heat jersey in end-game action. Just a really exciting night overall. Big crowd at the FDX Arena, and they got to see a phenomenal performance by a team, both offensively and for key stretches of the game defensively. Some more news and notes, mostly about some of the key players that were impacting the game. Duncan Robinson started off a little slow. You were wondering whether or not he was going to be able to turn it around Eventually, of course, he did wind up catching fire from three-point range. Four of six overall from the field, all from three-point range. Finishing with 13 points. He also chipped in an assist and a rebound. Overall, I'd say he played pretty solid defensively. If there were any concerns about Duncan's defense, and I got a chance to ask him about it on Sunday, he mentioned to me that he was working on improving his body, improving his overall conditioning, just making sure he could get to that point where he could react quickly and not be moved off the ball as much did see signs of that throughout the game. I think there were moments there where he just seemed like, like he's always been a high IQ player, as I mentioned before, but he's also been a little bit quick twitch, just hasn't really been able to develop that. And I think you could see a bigger Duncan Robinson. Like he seems a little bit more... Impressive physically, I think. You know, a lot of people have been talking about Jimmy looking leaner and Bam looking bigger. Tyler clearly has put on some muscle mass too. I think Duncan has gone somewhat under the radar there in terms of overall just putting on some more muscle, developing himself a little bit more so that he can be in these kind of defensive situations where he's not going to get bullied, where he can kind of handle. A little bit more switching here and there, and uses quick reflexes to break up a pass like he did today. Uh, He also got a block shot, which is something you don't rarely, you don't regularly see from Duncan Robinson. So good to see him out there making the effort on the defensive end as well. He played 22 minutes, second most to Tyler Hero, who wound up playing 26 with that starting lineup. Duncan did play a little bit in the second half. Uh, PJ Tucker. Wound up hurting himself. I should mention that when I was talking about P.J., I did not bring it up before. He was taken out of the game with a quote-unquote groin strain of some kind. Uh, but after the game, Eric Spoltrum mentioned that P.J. Tucker wasn't hurt, that he'd be available for the next game. Although he likes to wait for the next day to get some real clarification. But I wouldn't say it's a serious injury. You don't want to aggravate it. You don't want to make it worse. You don't want to put any kind of undue pressure on P.J., so we'll see. Next game, I would imagine Mark Keefe going into the starting lineup, but uh, who knows whether or not uh, we'll we'll see a change to the lineup. I imagine P.J. wants to get out there and and play a little bit more with his new teammates, but that might not necessarily be an option for him. Uh, Overall, though, I'd say a big game for Duncan. Max Struess had a pretty solid game, too. He came in with that second unit, scored 14 points off the bench, 5 of 10 shooting, 4 of 8 from 3-point range continues to show the leadership that we saw from him in Summer League. I think he there were moments there where he was talking to guys like Omer Yurtseven or, or or KZ Opala, who wound up getting 17 minutes of play and knocking down back-to-back three-pointers before reverting back to the KZ of old. Uh, that's a conversation for another time. Struis overall, though, I, my point with him, when I talk about Max or Gabe Vincent is that there were questions about whether or not they would be part of the rotation. Those were answered. Both of them played significant minutes, Struce 22, Vincent 21. Uh, and they look good for the most part. They were positives from both, both shooting from the perimeter, also initiating offense, just in control and playing pretty solid defense too. I think both of them, uh, Gabe had a steal. Um, Max, I think I don't think he had anything statistically to show his defensive effort. But overall, it was just it, it seemed like a pretty solid game by then. Like by that point, it was the second half. It didn't matter the outcome. It never really did. Uh, you could look at the twenty-six point drubbing and say, "Well, that's pretty convincing." But you know, there were a lot of blowouts across the NBA, and I'm not so sure that it really mattered. The point is that they knew what they were doing. There is a an overall vibe with this team of consistency of understanding what they're supposed to be doing. And I think that really showed this looks like a team that just for all of its newness. And I had concern about it. They were out there playing very, very cohesively and maybe it's because Atlanta is not a particularly good team. Atlanta, you know, still young themselves. Uh, They've got a lot of new players that they're incorporating or players that have been battling injury over the first year or two of their careers like Cam Reddish and others. It's a little bit trickier to incorporate these guys. I mean, Gorgie Deng was start, was starting for the Atlanta Hawks in place of Clint Capella. That's uh, that came from out of nowhere. I honestly I didn't remember that Gorgie was even on the roster, but that's a <laughs> that's a you know that's a failing of mine, not necessarily. So as far as the Heat, they were just able to capitalize. They just looked like we were in control, even when you know the lead was slipping away or when it was a little close. They wanted to. Blowing open the game. Uh, Largest lead the game was 26 points. Uh, I mean, say what you want to. This is a very dominant win. uh, And I I really liked overall the efforts from everybody today. I I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that there were some issues with some particular players. You don't want to necessarily drag any players through the mud. But Markeith Morris was not particularly good. 1 of 6 overall in 21 minutes. 0 for 3 from 3 point range. Uh just, I don't know if he was rushing a little bit or if he was trying too much even at this point in his career. Maybe he's just, I don't know if he's going through the motions or, or maybe, I don't know, maybe he, he does put pressure on himself. I don't i don't think that goes away even at, at this stage in his career. I think, well, you can deny that training camp is that important. Uh, you know, he's already signed to a contract. He really doesn't have to impress anybody. I'm sure he wants to make the most of that effort. I, I'm sure he wants to go out on the floor and look at least, competent. Uh, That was not the case on Monday, but I'm sure he'll bounce back given that he's a veteran and that he'll probably revert. You know, he'll probably bounce it out nights like tonight and then he'll have a, you know, a four or five night or something like that where he kind of just reminds everybody that he can be a contributor at this level, but that might be all he's capable of at this stage in his career. Other than that, Caleb Martin, I think, was a pretty big story. 19 minutes of play, four of 10 from the field, 11 points Seems like that's going to be the guy who gets those wing minutes, too. Uh, If Max gets into foul trouble or if somebody is sitting out the game for whatever reason, then Martin's a guy, I think, who's going to get more significant playing time. I thought maybe he might be on the fringes as a two-way player, but I think they're going to try to go to him. He played 19 minutes. Had that kind of mentality where he was looking to push the pace, score. He was aggressive. He made some nice plays defensively. He had three blocks using his overall athleticism and explosiveness. He's trying to make an impact and trying to get notice. And I think it's paid off for him. I think he's going to be able to translate this into some more consistent playing time throughout the regular season. We'll see how it all plays out. I'll talk a little bit more about some of the negatives in the next segment because I feel like I have to. I mean, I... I I have to be able to be fair looking at this game, and I also got asked a question about some of the issues with this team, and I'll bring that up in the next segment. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the Grid Iron as teams are back on for another football season, and as always. BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, BetOnline continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet BetOnline, where the game starts. Just a reminder that you can always reach me via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag Ask Yellow Heat, Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. Look, there have been some negatives. Uh, this question came in on Twitter from Charles305. He asks, Do you have any idea what the Miami Heat could trade for KZ Okpala, and is there anyone that might want him? A little harsh. Uh, I, I understand the concerns. Look, I, I've been exactly been a strong supporter of KZ's growth. I just think... Uh, I just don't think he's got it at this point in time. He may be a little bit broken. I'm not sure if the expectations were too high. He may not be an NBA-ready player. Uh, that might be one of the few just losing streaks or just, I don't know, losses that Miami can really have on their record as far as being able to develop players. I mean, You either understand what's expected of you and find a way to thrive, and Casey, for whatever reason, just hasn't been able to do that. He can't seem to get out of his own head. The tools seem like they're there. We hear that a lot from team guys. And yet when it's out on the floor, he just doesn't ever seem to quite understand exactly what he's expected to do. The two three-pointers, they look like a uh, maybe he was turning the corner. It was a little too optimistic. I think we're all rooting for him. I, I, I can't. You yeah, I don't see a lot of negative. I think maybe I'm probably one of the more negative voices out there about Casey O'Pala. there. I know there are people that are strongly in support of what he can do and the potential because he's got that size and the skill set is there on occasional flashes. But overall, I'm just not sure that he's an NBA-ready player at this point in time. But enough about Casey. I don't want to bag on him any more than I have to. At this point in time, he's either going to figure it out or he's not. To answer your question, Charles... I don't think any team, rather than maybe perhaps a rebuilding team or a clearly rebuilding team, maybe a San Antonio type, uh, I believe there's some pretty strong belief internally from a, a Coach Popovich and guys like that that they can you know, turn a player around and get them to understand where their strengths are. And I think a player like Okpala might be a nice fit there. He, he probably needs a change of scenery, no doubt about that. I think a trade could break some people. I think a trade could also get the most out of you uh, as well. And I think he definitely needs one. I don't know what you could get back in exchange for him. Perhaps a second-round pick. Maybe even a second-round pick that won't likely ever convey. You're not going to use him in a package uh, for a better player because I hate to say it, but KZ and his contract at this current point in time don't represent much value so he's not a trade asset uh, as much as a lot of people might want him to be so the reality is that you're probably going to try and dump him off at some point and hope that maybe he can latch on to another team that might be able to develop him and maybe you'll get something in return but likely not just because his value is much more negative at this point than positive and so he's not going to bring back anything and certainly not anything Or anyone, rather, of commensurate value. So uh, it's an unfortunate situation with KZ. You're kind of stuck with him, and it doesn't really matter. Uh, But this next next question comes in from Jordan via email. He writes, Glad to be back to NBA with a new season. All the chatter for tonight is positive, and deservedly so. But I was wondering, what do you think the biggest negative or thing that needs to be worked on that you saw tonight? I think there are still concerns about depth. Um, The reality is that Omer Yurtsevin is not going to be a competent player anytime soon. He just looks a little slow out there. He looks a little bit lost and also a little bit overmatched physically. As big as he is, he's just not understanding how to take advantage of that size and strength in a way that NBA guys like Kyle... May not be the most powerful guy. Certainly not the biggest. But he knows how to leverage. He knows he takes up acreage, to quote uh, Ben Goliver. He understands exactly what to do defensively. He, t- he puts up space there. Uh, and, and Omer is a small seven-footer uh, out on the floor. He just doesn't look like he has it. He's not quite sure exactly how to manipulate that body in any kind of way that's going to overpower an opponent. That's at the center position. Dwayne Deadman's fine. Uh, I continue to be a tentative believer in what he can do just because of his age and other concerns. Overall, I, I'm just not sure if he's going to be a supremely impactful player, but it's nice to have his body out there in terms of just, he's a seven foot guy who can bring some rebounding edge. Miami did win the rebounding battle pretty convincingly tonight against the Hawks. I think it was a uh, 44 to 33 overall advantage there. So 11 rebounds more for Miami, Good overall showing there, but I think a lot of that was just gang rebounding, and to Spole's point, again, I hate to echo, playing and moving with intention. That is the quote of the day, I think, and it certainly was apparent there. Other than that, look, Markeith Morris, if he's going to be an issue, if P.J. Tucker at this stage in his career is going to be battling injuries... Now, all of a sudden, you're putting a lot of pressure on Bam Adebayo. And while he doesn't seem like he's limited in any way, and he doesn't have any kind of lingering issues with injury from the previous season, you don't want to put him in a position where he's going to be, where his health might be jeopardized to any extreme. So I I think there are concerns over depth. I think it was nice on one night without Jimmy Butler to be able to have a convincing win in a preseason game that ultimately doesn't really matter much. But you have positive takeaways. You can enjoy the experience and at the same time understand that maybe they might need to do something to shore up their front court a little bit because there are some concerns there about, uh, you know, just overall size, somebody who can be a competent player. It's not Omer. It's not Casey Ocpola. So right there, you're limited. Two of the two of the players that are taking up spots, not to mention even Udonis Haslam, You know, that's three players who aren't likely to play or get any kind of consistent minutes. And even if they do, they're not going to be particularly effective while they're out there. And you're relying on Marquise Morris. You're relying on P.J. Tucker, who's already shown an injury. That's not good. That's a dangerous, volatile mix there. And for a team that has been somewhat undersized and had issues with rebounding, that's my biggest concern moving forward. I hate talking about it. Again, I know I have to. I answer the question because, well, that's just, kind of host I am but at the same time this is a night of positivity Kyle seems like he's an incredible fit showing no signs that he's been on another team to be quite honest with you he fit in seamlessly with this group and I think it's going to be a really fun season overall especially once Jimmy returns back to full health and hopefully that will be soon but in the meantime make sure to follow this podcast wherever you get podcasts and uh, leave a review if you can on iTunes I haven't gotten any reviews from you all in a while but please do so I do appreciate that feedback and it also helps other people find the podcast special thanks to all of our sponsors for supporting today's episode but thanks to all of you for taking the time to make this show your first listen of the day I really appreciate it this is David Rommel signing off for now